to another episode of the make it clap podcast like butt cheeks but also applause i'm your host kadani kimaru uh thank you for tuning in to another episode of the make it clap podcast a podcast celebrating the good bad and ugly conversations about life and love and everything in between so at this point with most of the guest episodes I think I have said this statement before that it is a very special episode but I say it because it's true and that is no different for this particular episode I had a chance to speak with Stanley so to kick things off we can start by you telling everyone who will eventually mm-hmm. listen to this <laughs> how we know each other Okay cool um Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Stanley. Uh Linda or should I say Gadoni Kimaru and I are uh, colleagues and perhaps even friends. Um still the jury still out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> we we can confirm you're now on the podcast. So I think we're friends now. Is this it? Is this like the 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 point at which I get like official <laughs> officially friended maybe? This is how you get um yeah. Into the, club. the interesting thing about Stanley is I guess we work together but then he used to be my boss and now is my boss's boss so okay he's still my boss but just further out of reach um and in case no one ever tells you Stan you're doing a really good job at that I feel like on a podcast is the best place to finally tell you that right um Stan has been a, like I said a really amazing boss um the thing i value the most about him is that we've been able to have such profound conversations about work about life um pretty much kind of the content that i focus on in this podcast right life love working and everything that happens in between and he's been a great sounding board for me um as i figure out my career um he's also been just a really great thought partner in some of the things that I'm are usually going on in my head and I'm trying to unpack and I'm really excited that you guys get to hear some of his wisdom <laughs> on this uh, episode we talked about showing up for yourself and exactly what that means and what that could look like we also talked a little about uh, boundaries and somehow segued into parenting and kind of how all that ties into that. Um it's a really great episode and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did recording it and making it. So here it is. Here is episode 8 of Make It Clap. Best place to start this conversation would be yeah. what does showing up mean to you? Yeah. And what does it look like in your life? Yeah. Um I think you know when when you shared this question I kind of got me reflecting because I had realized that I'd never really intentionally thought specifically about showing up for myself mm-hmm. but had over a series of 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 kind of like life events led to just practicing that thing that is can be referred to as showing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. So maybe what I think showing up for yourself is 
um, recognizing your value in the world mm. um recognizing yourself in the world or at least knowing yourself in the world and then on a regular basis standing up for that person mm. um that person who happens to be um to be you uh, to be you Mm. what what that means in my life so maybe if i could i could split it into maybe my personal life and my uh my work life um maybe on the personal side uh, i was just having this conversation with my wife the other day and, um we're talking about the difference between uh nice being mm. a nice person and being a good person and how one you know those can be kind of like confused mm. and i was i was telling her that uh, what you know one of the ways i show up for myself or i am you know good to myself is by being a good person and not necessarily striving to be a nice person um so in so in my life uh in my personal life i try to practice honesty i try to practice um loyalty uh, reliability and joy which are which are a big part of like my core values um yeah. and i think that maybe in practicing those things that i firmly believe in or identify with in my personal life then you know i think i am showing up for myself on a on a on a daily basis uh in my yeah. personal life that may look like saying no to mm. going going for a party where the expectation is to say yes <laughs> or you know not jumping on a guilt you know that you know how people try to take you on a guilt trip oh, yeah. i do not jump on guilt trips and <laughs> that's how i show up for myself um and 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 maybe um i would say what the biggest way to show i show up for myself in my personal life is is um just being true to myself and, and almost unapologetically and that sometimes rub, rubs off on people around yeah. me including my family yeah. at, at work i think it's maybe just bringing that whole sense or on the personal side and kind of like bringing it into the workplace um and then being like your authentic self in the workplace with some mm-hmm. nice professional boundaries <laughs> yeah that's that's the way I, i think about it yeah nice professional boundaries <laughs> yeah whatever those are whatever those look like um yeah. there's something you said about so showing up for yourself is like part of that is knowing who you are and kind of mm-hmm. staying true to that. Yeah. So how I'm curious like how you started that process and I guess are still on it because I don't think it ever really ends of yeah, yeah. knowing exactly who you are. Yeah, and I don't think it should end, right? Because uh, what's the fun in knowing who I am? I can, I'd, I'd rather spend the rest of my life figuring that out because that's the fun. It's the fun bit in life um, and even better maybe not just figuring out who i am but maybe this, like almost making who i am in a way hmm. um uh, and you know that's like the con- that creative in me uh, that that power to kind of like create for the religious folks um i was reading up on some theologian who was uh, kind of propounding that god's biggest gift or like when the bible says that uh, i'm not very christian but i'm going to try i'm going to massacre massacre this <laughs> bible um this is from a bad christian um the when when in the bible it says that we are created in god's image people assume that mm. that means we kind of like maybe look like god <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um but um 
he was pro- proposing that God's essence is that of a creator. And so his biggest thing that he gave us, the image that mm. we are created in is that of a creator. So the ability to create yourself. You know? um, so that's the biggest gift. You are a creator. That's how you look like God. So that's oh. something I firmly believe in. So I am in the process of creating myself, of creating mm. my life, mm. by curating my life. Um, and that, I think that journey started very young when I was a kid, but again, very unintentionally because yeah. I was um, a fat chubby boy with a funny name. <laughs> and that, uh, and who was who uh, was excellent in class, which made me a bit of like classic nerd yeah. introvert, doesn't talk to anyone. Yeah. So what that leaves is a lot of reflection time. Um, <laughs> so you 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 know, for me, I think the journey of getting to know yourself is a lot of reflection and and the art of silent, uh, of of silently sitting by yourself. Um, so uh, I think that's where it began as a child, just like contemplating who I am who I want to be, how I make decisions. And over time, kind of even maybe starting to understand that I have the power to control my life, including mm. who or what elements I start to bring into it. And I could then see when I brought in bad elements and good elements. And over time, that has come down to kind of like this almost like very aggressive guardedness of who mm. I let into my life mm. um, so that I uh, or what I and also what I let into my life and 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 then in that process kind of like crafting uh, myself very very intentionally yeah. Um, yeah I so hear what you're saying about like aggressively guarding um, like your space and what you let into it I found that in this time mm. when we've been in our houses longer than we would have liked to be. I've, I was telling my husband the mm-hmm. other day, I got a glimpse of what a content life could look like, a good life. <laughs> yeah. And uh-huh. man, I am more protective than ever over that. Like, I, I don't want to give that up for anyone or anything. And I've become so yeah. almost even anal about the things and the people that I'm letting into my space. So I completely feel you on that point. Oh, my, you have to be, right? Uh, for you yeah. to start to experience some form of contentment, that's not kind of like um, driven by social pressures. Mm. That's what COVID in some ways has allowed us to, to do, right? To be away from social pressures where it's okay for you not to go out or it's okay not for you to it's okay for you not to meet some people. Mm. It's okay for you to um, work at weird hours, you know, because that's not a, it's not a, a bad thing you're doing. It's like what the world demands. Yeah. And so if you're very careful, I'm glad that you, you, you've kind of had a taste of that because then uh, you, you, you may get addicted to it. But also in that to expect that people will think you're an asshole. Um, because the, not everyone fully understands or has tasted content, a contented life. Yeah. So they look at you and they, they see your guardedness as, oh, you know, she's an asshole. Why doesn't, you know, she's so antisocial or she's so, she's so you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's because they haven't seen that other side that you're on. And, and therefore, kind of, you have to have a, an element of forgiveness for people who haven't seen your truth. Um, yeah. 
Oh, yes. That mm. you, you've made such a aha point there for me because I've realized <laughs> a big part of the contentment that comes with with your life. Like, so you said there are no social pressures right now, which is true, right? Mm. But to mm. a certain extent, a lot of people have taken their lives online and that's a whole mm. other different dimension of comparison mm. and envy. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like there is such a I, I don't know what I can call it like a moment where you kind of just realize it's this other person is not responding to me the way that mm-hmm. they are because they're being hostile or aggressive or that they mm-hmm. are an asshole mm-hmm. I, you you get to this point where you start to see them you see older versions of yourself and you see them going through these motions where they keep doing the same mm-hmm. patterns and you're like, I have, I can only mm-hmm. approach you with compassion because mm-hmm. I see the things that you're really struggling with. Yeah. And yeah. I'm choosing to focus on that rather than the fact that you're yelling at me right now. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Once you're able and to that- see people that way, it, you, mm-hmm. you can diffuse so much in yourself. And A lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause then, it, to, to some to some extent, it's kind of like a really nice shield against against people's. Um, am I allowed to say bullshit? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. You can. It's a really nice shield because then you can see that mm. that that they aren't being shitty. They're just speaking from their own perspective, mm-hmm. uh, and and also it's not your responsibility to solve that for them. Uh, which had been one of my biggest struggles because I was taking a lot of responsibility mm. for other people, for other people's problems and other people's um, state of being. And when I started realizing that it's not my responsibility, I started drawing kind of like a boundary around that and saying, Hey, it's fine that you feel this way. Mm. And I am not going to take any of it, not in like an aggressive way. Like I'm not going to take your shit. It's yeah. like, I am not, I don't have to, um, what do you call it? I don't have to allow that into like my, 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 like my mental space, my head space. I don't have anything to carry you allow, yours. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I don't have to carry it. It's, it's, it's fine. Now I'm mm. by no means perfect at this. I'm a practitioner of it. Right. Mm. Um, but it has helped a lot uh, in life and, and in work and in, in, in my relationships. Um, to say, hey, I choose not to carry that. Or even better, I do choose to carry that, which means oh. it's an intentional choice, right? Like I see the shit you're flinging and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take it, but I choose to, right? And there's a bit of power. Um, it's kind of like a choosing your chains type thing. Mm. Um, you know, I choose to be bound by that. Uh, happens a lot with like relationships. Yeah, yeah. Um, where you, you know, maybe with your partner and whatever, you say, okay, I see this imperfection in you. I choose to live with it. I am comfortable with it. It rubs off on me in a specific way, but this is who you are. And I choose that. Uh, because if you don't take on some bad things from other people, yeah. you may not have healthy relationships because you're looking for perfect, perfect partners, which yeah. uh, don't, like, don't exist, don't right? Exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that point I said a lot. Um, mm-hmm. because also in, in saying no, right. So you can, most people mm-hmm. think about boundaries as just saying no to things. Right. But mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. also choosing what to take on. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, let's use, I guess, the relationship context. So it, it's mm-hmm. why I, I'm usually very unforgiving of people who say, I can't believe this guy wasted three years of my life. I can't mm-hmm. believe and I'm like, but you were there and you were present, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the, it's, it's not that you, I mean, no one's going to beat you up for being in like that bad situation, right? Like in a terrible yeah. relationship for three years. But the, ultimately, when you start to realize that I made that choice to take mm-hmm. on this person's stuff and make it my own, I am just yeah. responsible for whatever situation we're in currently. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, no, this is so true. Uh, There was a book, I think, uh, by, I can't remember the author right now, but it's called something like Psycho-Cybernetics, I can't remember. But, you know, one of the things that they were talking about in that book was everything that happens in your life is your responsibility. It may not be your fault, but it's your responsibility, right? And you have to take an element of of ownership, Um, you know, to some extent. So, mm. so I totally, totally see that point of, you know, and it's tough to, to, to then say that person didn't waste three years of my life. I possibly wasted three years of my life. Yeah. That's even tougher to kind of like reconcile with, you know, cause it's like, oh man, this is my, my responsibility. Like, and to me, I kind of almost kind of link it to this aspect of control Mm. Uh, that that sometimes we don't want to take control of of our lives and boundary setting is taking control uh, of your life and that's a painful process because then once you control something then you're kind of like kind of like responsible or accountable uh, for, for that which can be a tough thing Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Stan and I continue this conversation on showing up for yourself, what exactly that means and, you know, how you can do more of that. We'll be right back. Yeah, I think that actually might be the toughest thing about boundaries because like, in a way, you're, you're kind of saying to yourself, I want to be consistent in this way about this thing mm-hmm. so that I can mm-hmm. honor the relationships I have. Mm-hmm. Then situation to situation, you, you feel like those boundaries being tested and then you're like, oh, should I move it a bit forward? Um, should I bring it mm-hmm. back a bit? And mm-hmm. um, I, I personally still struggle with boundary setting to an extent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you said that this is something that you're not perfect uh, with yet, but yeah. um, how, I think, cause this is a really big part of, of showing up for yourself, right? Is setting yeah. your boundaries yeah. and honoring them. Mm-hmm. So like, what's mm-hmm. been your, I guess first is like, when did you realize you needed boundaries? And when did that mm-hmm. word become a word for you? <laughs> yeah. Boundaries? Yeah. I mean, you know it in the way that we use it now, right? Like, I feel like we have a lot of mental health language now that we didn't have five years ago. (laughs) I think so. I think so. Um, (laughs) Well, I I didn't think of it as a word until maybe a year or two ago, to be honest. Mm. But as a kind of like a concept, it started to occur to me while I was, now maybe more more clearly when I was in in, uh, university, 
because I had like a couple of like bad experiences in relationships, mm. got into some bad habits with with uh, with uh, recreational activities that I don't <laughs> want to get into in this space. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I I I realized that all of these, like I had a, like a moment of awakening when things got really bad and, you know, you know, it's bad when your parents are called to university, yeah. like, like, you know, like, like come fetch your child here. You what? Um, yeah. Bad was child. Bad. I was, uh, in uni, right? Uh, this is an adult. Um, and I remember, oh, I hope my mom never hears this, <laughs> but uh, you know, my mom, my mom is the one who came to kind of like speak to the dean and it just so happened that she was, she was very sick on that day. And mm. I remember like, even she was like, uh, like throwing up in the back of, back of the, 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 the dean's office mm-hmm. because she was so sick. And I, in that moment wondered, is she like genuinely sick or is she sick of me? Right. Mm. Uh, or, you know, is this situation making her sick? And then immediately she left. And this is the part I don't want her to hear. I went straight back into those habits. And then oh. a day or two later, mm. a day or two later, I just had this like aha moment. Like, what am I doing? You know, mm. after seeing, after um, making my, my folks struggle in this way, I didn't even last for like a day or two. And that was like my moment of, Again, like just that kind of reflection of how did I get here? And then I said to realize that it, I had actually let it in. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I had let it in. And, uh, and, um, and then from that moment on, just was like, I need to control um, who I let into my space, who I let mm-hmm. into my mind, into my body. Um, and also I need help um, to do this. Um, yeah. And and that's when I called for like you know, uh, I I found people one of whom later turned on to turned out to be my my wife. Mm-hmm. I called on people who I knew uh, would help me become the person that I wanted to be, um, and, and that's the, my journey of like now setting very clear boundaries. Yeah. It meant losing friends, and I have this habit of dropping things like a hot potato. Like if I'm gonna drop you as a friend you're never going to hear from me. Like, <laughs> never. Right? I, yeah. I, I became ruthless about it. Hmm. Um, I, dropped, I dropped friends. I moved. Uh, I moved from where I was living. I changed my number. You know, I just kind of like became, I just started to become who I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just kind of re- reflecting back to the point you made about boundaries being tested. Hmm. Um, you know, if you think, if you were to imagine boundaries as walls, they are to some extent, they are to be tested, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, I was tested in those times, you know, like you're tempted into old habits, into old relationships, but you know, you, you do need your wall to be tested just to make sure it's strong enough and you can seal those gaps. Um, that's why even in a physical border, mm-hmm. you have border control, you know, it has to be tested and people have to try and enter your country illegally and so on and so on. <laughs> Tell Trump that. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> There's something you said about, um, so in this moment where you realize like what you were doing wasn't working, so mm. something needed to change and you yeah. found like, I guess a different group of people to kind of help you through that. Yeah. I wonder what that moment was like kind of going to people and saying that you needed help. Was that something that you'd done before? 
Mm. Um, I think it's, I think it's very different from that traditional moment of like, I need help mm. or, or intervention. It was not like that at all. It was more of saying, I don't want to be this person. I think being with these people is making me that person. Right. And so I'm now going to stop being with these people and being this person. I'm going to go and be with these other people. So mm-hmm. to some extent, they didn't even know that that's something I was doing deliberately. I just started hanging out with them a bit more. Um, and they were kind of like accepting of it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, there was never a moment of, I need help. It was, it was a moment of, I need to change. And I think this is not, I'm not saying that that's the best way to, to do it. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. But I think it is just reflective of um, my own, maybe it's my own way of asking for help by not asking uh, and, by, uh, and doing it by participating in a different way. Um, that's the way I, yeah. I think about it. Yeah. So you you know what sounds, I mean? Yeah. It sounds like for you very early at that stage, kind of realized there's no um, huge thing that needs to happen. There's no huge banner that says intervention that needs to happen. People don't yeah. need to come and rally around yeah. me. Um, no. My problem, I guess like let's even take in a, um, out of the equation, any like recreational activities, just like who you mm-hmm. were as a person deciding mm-hmm. to start moving differently. I think that's yeah. kind of what I'm getting from that, that actual, and it's a thing that we're told all the time, right? Like you're not going to do any type of change in one fall soup. It has to be in small yes. baby steps, but whoever wants to do things in small baby steps. <laughs> no, no, no one, um, except me. I love baby steps. <laughs> you and I have worked together for a while. And if there's anything I've preached is, Yes. Small wins, progress, right? Um, yeah. It's kind of, I do value very greatly um, kind of just changing by 1% uh, mm. every day or something like that. Um, just like these small, 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 small steps. Um, and I think that the first step, even I think kind of reflecting back to your earlier point on choice, mm. is the very first step is decision. Uh, uh, understanding that you or one has to make a decision because I think I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether I'm conflating these two, but I think choice and decision are different. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a point at which you realize you have to make a decision, and that comes before the choice because choice comes after you've made you know I've chosen this direction, not that. Mm. I think that I really value decision, and and I feel like that's the very first step for any change or growth or boundary. Or even, you know, like um, showing yeah. up for yourself. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the decision to show up for yourself is very critical. Uh, where you say, listen, I am a person worth value and I am going to show up for myself because if I don't, it's very difficult for other people to show up for me, right? Mm. Um, and so that, that decision, that decision for saying, hey, I'm valuable, I'm going to show up. And for myself, it's very important. Uh, sometimes we, 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 um, we set expectations for other people, but then we don't show them how to 
mm. meet those expectations and so and then we end up like d- disappointed or resentful like oh why did you you know why did, why weren't you there for me and then i was like and then i'm like hey i don't know how to do that for you because you yeah. haven't taught me and that's not you know that's our responsibility uh, to do that that's that actually um kind of touches on even the the thing about like boundary setting the you mm-hmm. feel in a certain way about it there's really nothing mm-hmm. i can do if you don't if you're going through a rough time and every time i ask you how you are and you say you're fine and i ask you are you mm-hmm. sure and you say you're fine there's really nothing mm-hmm. more i can do from that point and one of the things i've had to release myself from especially in my friendships is or rather a general rule i set for myself is i will take you at your word and no more <laughs> yeah. or less yeah. i'm not because i think w- sometimes what happens is if i assume you're in a bad mood because of a certain yeah. way that you've acted but i asked you about it and you said you're not i yeah. might start projecting my own ideas and feelings of why you could be in a bad mood and then that that creates a narrative in your head that gets away mm. from you and that's a trouble mm. have you been guilted or shamed for not picking up on someone's oh situation yeah. or feelings you know have you have you experienced that um well i mean i wouldn't say i have recently but i'm actually thinking mm-hmm. of a friend of mine who um had a fallen out with a friend of hers because mm-hmm. they felt like she wasn't being supportive enough of them um mm-hmm. but the whole time she had no idea what was going on it was mm. like and then there was now the argument of if you were really a good friend you would know but that's not true yeah. and i don't understand yeah. why people guilt each other like that like <laughs> being, being a good i can be the most fantastic friend to you that will never give me telepathic powers i will never know <laughs> what's going on in your head <laughs> yeah you know i i um for a person who shoots you know who shoots straight uh like oh. me like i trans like say what i'm feeling and i try to be honest yeah. it's very difficult when uh someone else goes ahead and expects you to to somehow interpret uh interpret how they are feeling mm. and how they want you to support them and then watching you to make sure that you don't get it wrong mm. you know um, and that's a very difficult um, place to be so i try to i try to avoid it and ultimately maybe try to avoid those situations uh, again that's another boundary right i'm not yeah. gonna i'm not gonna get into that with you i'm gonna offer myself and sometimes you know what i even ask them and i say hey listen if you don't tell me what's going on mm-hmm. i will not know will not be able to support you in the way that you deserve yeah now i am i am here for you but i need to know how to do that so that i can mean, i can do it in, in like the right way you know what i mean yeah help me yeah. show up for you show me how to show up for you and i think uh, exactly the 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 other thing i think i'm kind of get hearing under there is for sometimes when we're going through like a rough time or we're victims of something that can be a very comforting space right Mm-hmm. um we can we can become very comforted in our strife and our struggle and our depression yeah. and things like that so yeah. imagine someone come in to tell you i'm going to take this comfort that you've known and experienced for the last 6 months as and that is actively harming you but has obviously now become security but i want to take that away yeah. from you and try to fix yeah. it 
Yeah. If someone came to you with that, you would be like, no, like this, this is my thing. It's an ugly, broken thing. Yeah. But I like it. Please and don't it, take it away yeah. from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even more difficult when they don't know that that's what's happening. Uh, mm. I found that most people, most people I've, I've encountered with these uh, symptoms don't know what's happening. Um, like a person who has, who, you know, multiple bad relationships with the same type of person and they don't know that they are seeking it out. Mm. You know, you know what I mean? Like mm. when, like when someone says, Oh, she has a type, he has a type, right? And yeah. it's a type of like bad person. And then you realize, Oh, this person is like, this person is looking for it. Like they are actually seeking this out. So, uh, <laughs> I, 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 and you know, if you try and touch it, you're the one who's going to be the bad guy. Um, Always. And so it, it may seem harsh um, mm. to say, but I think that there are boundaries around how much of a good friend one needs to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, and if you are too good of a friend, you may end up um, picking up burdens that were never yours or at least that you never intended to carry in the first place. Um, so mm. even as a good friend, set boundaries about like how good of a friend do I want to uh, want to be? I think this is actually a great part to use your distinction of do you want to be a nice friend or do you want to be a good friend? Because a lot of the yeah. time in being yeah. a nice friend, we tend yeah. to accommodate our friends bad behavior, repeated cycles and bad patterns and we're too afraid yeah. to call them out on it. So if you really are a yeah. good friend, then right like you would address yeah so no no like uh, you know (laughs) this this uh this is my uh the thing i'm going to mull on so i have my my wife says i can get a bit obsessive i i become passionate about something for a short period of time and then get satisfied and move on from it (laughs) this this thing of nice versus good is my thing for the last like couple of weeks uh, i don't know i saw it in a show somewhere and it really smacked me in the face i'm like oh this is what i've been struggling this whole time i'm not a nice person and that's okay but i am a good person um <laughs> and uh, and i think that i'll rather for sure i'll rather have a good friend than a nice friend for any day, right? For sure. This is the person who's going to tell me what I need to hear and they're going to be there for me even in ways that I don't, I don't always appreciate but mm. are, are useful as opposed to, you know, let's meet up for coffee and we laugh and then smile and never share anything real um, with each other, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm all about being a, a good person and not a nice person. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that I kind of, I want to really highlight in this conversation is something you said to me about one year ago that I had been struggling with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said th- this thing of you shouldn't let, okay, I'm going to ruin it as well. <laughs> so, cor- so if you remember, just correct me and say it in the right way. Uh-huh. You shouldn't let the pain that other people feel when they rub up against your boundaries affect yeah. you or something to that nature. Uh, <laughs> did I get it right? Uh, I think I massacred it. No, it was kind of close. And I, I'm having trouble remembering it, but it's something like um, the pain. Oh, yeah. The pain that other people feel around your boundary is not your responsibility. 
Yes, that was a real kind of like that was a, you said it very casually, but it was like something that really mm-hmm. kind of informed a lot about who I I, I am wanting to become, right? Because mm. for a long time I had been very good at setting boundaries and then feeling the pain that other people were feeling when they rubbed up against those boundaries. So, you know, that's another thing to really be careful of in boundary setting and and showing up for yourself. Not everyone's going to appreciate what you're trying to do, Mm. but ultimately that's not your responsibility. Um, And they are probably bringing some weirdness to that boundary and that's why they're they're in pain. Um, So in showing up for yourself, you kind of have to, understand and perhaps even expect Mm. that people are not going to like you they're going to think either like you're an asshole you're a snob or um or other like negative connotations to it because it's it's you showing up for yourself or or standing up for yourself is usually considered as a selfish act yeah um and we we kind of need to change this you know that perception of of the of people that it's okay to think about yourself. Even at work, people mm. do struggle with, uh, you know, I think we were having this conversation just like, I think last week or something mm. about people not being able to um, be vulnerable about how amazing they are at, at their work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And people feeling like, you know, that's a way you show up for yourself, right? You, you thank yourself and you tell other people, I'm really good at this. You can trust me with this. People feel a sense of like, discomfort and vulnerability when they do that Mm. and that is not showing up for yourself you're kind of like doing the opposite i don't know of i guess not showing up for yourself you know (laughs) in the workplace yeah Yeah. i was hoping something clever would come out there but i got nothing yeah i like um what you said about kind of being vulnerable because it touches on that idea of showing up for yourself is one of is one of those things that is such a radical act of self selfishness and selflessness. And I think because it's so good for you um, to be able to get into this practice of showing up for yourself, whatever, in whatever Mm. way that means. Um, Mm -hmm. But then it's also so empowering for people around you that know and love Mm. you and know that your intentions come from a good place to see you. Yeah kind of acting in that way and it also kind of gives them permission to show up for themselves as well yeah yeah no this is this is this is really true and um, i really like that last bit you said about giving other people permission because in some societies or in some cultures people do need uh people in that you know like the vanguard of showing up for themselves Mm. so that they can see what it looks like and follow that roadmap uh, so that they can kind of become a bit more um, complete uh, in themselves, right? Um, and, and that starts with almost like unabashedly being for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to say this in a public forum. Um, and I hope uh, when I, when I um, run for president someday, it doesn't come to bite me in the ass. Uh, I, I am very comfortable being just a bit selfish, Um, there's like a sweetness in it I'm not talking about being predominantly selfish or Mm -hmm. perhaps even like stepping on other people for my own sake I'm Mm -hmm. talking about thinking about myself and how I can have a good life Mm -hmm. and 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 enjoying that sweetness right that that um, 
you know, I know there's someone who's going to to listen to our conversation earlier and, 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 and about contented lives and they're going to be like, oh, I can't, that's so selfish. How dare you? How dare you have, you know, a good life, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, it's very un-African to have a good life. <laughs> <laughs> Without struggle. <laughs> Without, you know, that, like, I remember, okay, so I'm just, let me go a bit off topic. Uh-huh. You can edit this out if it doesn't apply. <laughs> um, I, uh, I worked at some place where we used to like do these uh, training programs and there was one on mindset that I, I really loved mm. because, you know, in that program, we would talk about how from a very young age, we are taught that to get a good life, you must struggle, yeah. right? Yeah. For example, we are taught that, uh, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, for example. Mm. And, 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 and what that means basically is that you really have to really, really, really work hard for you to get money, right? Mm. But in reality, that's not always true. Um, the process of, of, ga- of gaining a good life doesn't have to go through the gauntlet of suffering first. Yeah. You already deserve a good life. Um, and, 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 and removing that aspect of I must therefore struggle uh, is, is, is so what ends up happening is that people, what people do even when they are faced with the possibility of a good life minus struggle they find the struggle put it in front of themselves go through it then get to the good life maybe right <laughs> yes. uh, they, they aren't accepting of the good life or like this is too good to be true uh, maybe yeah so that that uh, that um, um, you know if I were to teach children anything that would be it like be being very careful to make sure that our language isn't about struggle first mm-hmm. then then be fulfilled right it's actually made me think of a conversation I was having with Andrew the other day about mm-hmm. um so right now we're in this space where we're thinking we're at that point in the year where we're doing like our financial planning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good on you guys. Yes. <laughs> Trying to be Kudos honest. to all marriages that share their financial planning. Oh man. <laughs> we haven't ever done it any other way. So yeah. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And um, uh, Yeah, this is a privilege by the way. Not many marriages. Are like. I'm sure there's someone who's going to hear that and say, what? You share your finances with your husband, but that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah. um, so we were talking with Andrew and I was like, you know, the thing is like, I'm pretty sure I even have the figure in my head that I could const- be comfortable with for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that kind of wakes me up in the morning these days to work as hard as I do is my daughter, right? Like I want to give mm-hmm. her the best of everything. Mm-hmm. And I always say, the, I think the, the balance in parenting really is providing your child with everything that they need to set them up for success, mm-hmm. but yes. then act, not taking away opportunities that will build resilience in them mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. grit. So, and that's not necessarily to say that I want my kid to struggle, but I really do mm-hmm. hope that they're faced with situations in their lives where they will build a bit of that um, emotional resilience from tough times mm-hmm. because no matter yeah. how rich you are bad things are going to happen right yeah yeah and I feel like that's really the balance like 
how how do i make sure that i give you the things that you need want and maybe also deserve i don't know mm-hmm. but then mm, yeah not, not take away those opportunities for you to grow into the person you should be yeah th- this is so true and you know w- w- what i hear you saying is um that we should be raising for gr- for grit and not raising for struggle uh, and that that framing yes. that framing is so critical right because like when you talk to your daughter then talk to them about grit not struggle yes. right because then they start to learn that what i should be going for is grit and resilience and that allows them to shed struggle even if they go through it you see and not to seek struggle out but to seek out grit and resilience see and that's really about how we like how we talk to them and how we we teach them and, and maybe even sometimes how they see us handling things like are we um looking for struggle or are we looking for grit yeah. uh, part of it like a very some simple acts are like how do you talk about work right most people talk about like when they are leaving to go mm-hmm. okay when we used to leave <laughs> to go to work yeah uh, you know, it would be like, uh, you know, I'm so sorry. I have to go to work. You know, uh, you know, if I don't go to work, I won't get paid. Already, you're teaching them that this is a bad thing I'm going to do, but I have to do it. Yeah. Right. To get this as opposed to end. Yeah. Exactly. So that so that that sets like a kind of like a blueprint in their mind. Mm-hmm. Like this is the this is how you get good things at the end. You struggle first. You do some shit, shitty things, then you get the good stuff. Mm-hmm. As opposed to uh, saying um, I love you uh, and I love my work and I want to go and do this job because I enjoy it and it also allows me um, to provide us with these things, right? So it's kind of like a, a reframing of very minor conversations that we have yeah. um, around like do you want to point them towards grit or do you want to point them towards um, struggle? I'm still I'm still absorbing that one because I feel like that we can even end there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's a training. nice one, yeah. I love that yeah. training because I've been yeah. having such a hard time like articulating. Um, there's there's things and life experiences that I want my child to go through just because. Yeah. Um, I, I in my head I was thinking like yeah, this is how I ended up being the person that I was. But there's so many yeah. other experiences that could have given me the same type of thing. What I was looking for mm. was the resilience and the grit to recover from yes. those things. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. and, and, and then that gives you a lot more options in how you can teach them grit. Because mm. uh, I learned a lot of grit from playing God of War 3, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say yeah. rugby or something. What are you ta- no, no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, there's nothing. Uh, th- what I learned from God of War Three was uh, perseverance, grit, problem solving, and how to spend hours on end in a collaborative mm-hmm. um, uh, effort with my brothers yeah. to, to kind of like complete the game, right? Um, <laughs> So you you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, by focusing on the right thing, it it really does open your options up for how you're going to get them there. Well, yeah. um, that is actually our entire conversation. Oh, there you go. 
There we go. That was so great, man. Thank you so much. I really do enjoy uh, these conversations that we have. And that brings us to the end of another Make It Clap episode. I want to say a huge thanks to Stan for agreeing to record this conversation as we've had so many of these types of conversations and i'm glad he finally let me hit record on one of them which resulted in this um fantastic episode and i hope that it was as enlightening for you as it was for me um, make sure you check out the podcast on instagram at make it clap pod you can also follow me on twitter if you would like to at gadoni kimaru and you can always check out the website www.makeitclubpodcast.com i'll see you next week for an all-new episode in the meantime remember to rate and subscribe um it helps people find us easier puts us on the map on those different platforms so and then you know you get to be alerted every single time a new episode is out and isn't that just like the highlight of your every week yes it is Uh, rate and subscribe to this podcast and stay safe wash your hands wear a mask guys keep your distance and i'll see you next week